This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, good morning. It's Wednesday, January 8th. You're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. In one moment, I will be joined by Chris Hummer to talk about the long-term implications of Monday's national championship game between LSU and Clemson. Basically, what's on the line for each team outside of that nice little trophy? Uh, Before that, though, I'm going to get to a pretty newsy Tuesday on the football front. Baylor coach Matt Rule got a seven-year, $60 million deal from the Carolina Panthers, so he's off to the NFL who could replace him in Waco? 24-7 Sports' Billy Embody reports that Louisiana coach Billy Napier is a top target for the position. Baylor players are also taking to social media to rally around assistant coach Joey McGuire, formerly a successful Texas high school football coach, to be promoted to the top spot. Over in Starkville, Mississippi State lost out on Joe Judge, who it was eyeing to replace the just-fired Joe Moorhead. Judge shockingly was hired Tuesday by the New York Giants. They pulled him away from the New England Patriots, where he was special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach. It looks like Florida defensive coordinator Todd Grantham could be in the mix for that job now, and maybe Dan Mullen will write him a letter of recommendation. Out west in Corvallis, Oregon State rewarded coach Jonathan Smith with a new six-year deal, ESPN reports. Smith took over one of the worst teams in the Power Five two years ago and had the Beavers on the brink of bowl eligibility this season. Following up on our Zach Evans note from yesterday, 24-7 Sports' Steve Wolfong reports the Georgia Bulldogs have released the five-star running back from his letter of intent, which he signed during the early signing period. Looks like Evans could end up at Texas A&M now or LSU. Who really knows? His recruitment has been the biggest roller coaster of the 2020 cycle. And finally, on the NFL or not front, Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger announced late Monday he's back. Georgia lineman Solomon Kinley declared, and Texas A&M wide receiver Jamon Osborne is returning for his senior year. All right, time to bring in Chris Hummer. It's always hard to project out five years in the what-if game, and who who knows what college football is going to look like in five years. I would imagine in five years, players are making decent amounts of money. Uh, maybe that's actually from the university and not just from, from the likeness. Who knows? But anyway, Chris, when we're trying to map out five years for LSU and five years for Clemson, of who wins the national title. You think LSU is the most on the line here? I think, yeah, I mean, I think so because LSU hasn't won a national title since 2007, I believe. It's been a while. Um, Ed Orgeron is got a lot of, kind of a lot at stake from a reputation standpoint. And I think their window is a little, little smaller than Clemson's just simply because they compete in a more difficult conference. Joe Burrow, who has been, frankly, historic this season, there's no other way to describe it, is about to leave. And the program, like, if you're going to win, it needs to be now. Like, I'm not saying LSU can't win in the future, but there's no, like, set path for LSU to do so again in 2020 like there is for Clemson. So I, I would strongly argue LSU has more on the line on um, Monday. 
Yeah, I agree. I, the the window is much smaller for LSU. I would argue this is the year. It's, I mean, I had Shay on the podcast, Shay Dixon on the podcast, or Go Twenty Four Seven writer, and he was like, "This is like a once in a decade team," and it really is when you think about the talent, when you think about Joe Burrow strings together the best season by a quarterback in college football history in his last season in college football with all those receivers to throw to. I would argue, yes, there is more on the line. Ed Orgeron could become yet another active college football coach with a national title. I think it does change the LSU's equation or standing in the SEC West. I think it firmly removes them out of the also-rans category behind Alabama and puts them right there with Alabama. And, And I think you would start to see they already recruit so well but I think you would start to see that get picked up even a little bit more. And I I think truly this team, LSU, I don't remember the last time a front runner had so much of the public love behind it. Doesn't, you know, you know what I mean? Like, doesn't this kind of feel like everybody's favorite team right now? And I think people would remember this team for a very long time if they do win a national title. Yeah. And I certainly think some of that public outpouring is due to the fact that Davo Sweeney's played this underdog card so much this season that people Clemson like three years ago was everybody's favorite team. They were the underdog. They were the team that was little Clemson winning national championships, knocking off Alabama. In a lot of ways, LSU, which already beat Alabama this season, could be this year's Clemson from a public perspective. So it's it's hard not to like the Tigers. Plus, like Joe Burrow and Ed Orgeron kind of in their own merits are just so personally engaging um in different ways certainly but like they're hard not to like so yeah i think i think the public's backing lsu right now this game's going to be in new orleans the atmosphere is going to be electric like it's it's a as shay said a kind of a once in a decade chance for lsu to kind of secure this national championship i think for clemson the 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 upside of winning as far as what happens in the next five years it's much easier to say rather than LSU, which feels more abstract. Clemson, that'd be three national titles in four seasons with probably a few more on the way, given that Trevor Lawrence is back for another year. They have the current number one recruiting class in the nation. Dabo Sweeney has done, he's won many more games with much less talent. Clemson could become college football's it team, not only of maybe the 2010 to 2019-ish decade, but the next one too. It feels like we're on the verge of a massive power shift, if it hasn't already happened. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, like, growing up for me, Clemson was never at the forefront of college football discussion. Like, they just weren't. Uh, they kind of fell off the map when I was younger. They won their national championship in 1981. When I was growing up watching college football in the early 2000s, Clemson was kind of that team people made jokes about, about Clemsoning. Like, sure. They got there. They almost did. Now, Clemson is like for the next generation of recruits and we're seeing Clemson have the number one overall recruiting class in the 2020 cycle right now, they're kind of the it team. And I, I sometimes have a hard time wrapping my mind around it just because of how I perceived Clemson when I was younger. But I think there's a real chance that like Clemson becomes like the team of the decade you said. And like, I don't think it matters if it's at Clemson, South Carolina, a small school with a small enrollment because we've seen Tuscaloosa become a college football haven. We've seen Columbus, Ohio, which is admittedly a much larger city, become a college football haven. These things kind of sprout up naturally, and it all goes back to Dabo Sweeney. If Clemson wins this national championship, given the conference Clemson competes in and given kind of the path it has every year, like the Tigers could go on an exceptional run. Like this is 
three championships in four seasons with potentially many more ahead, given what Clemson brings back in 2020 and also the way they're recruiting right now. I think it's possible that their dynasty that they currently already have, and especially if they win Monday night, and especially if what happens in the next few years is as bright as we think it could be, their dynasty doesn't get the kind of love that the early 2000s Alabama dynasty got. Because, yeah, you're right, what's on the helmet, the name on the jerseys, and for many of us covering the sport or growing up watching the sport, Clemson was always, you know, just a a tier below the national powers who we watched every Saturday. And I think it's very clear at this point Clemson's not going away as long as Dabo Sweeney there, even if they lose Monday night. I, I would argue they could be even better in 2020. When you were talking to, you did a story about recruiting at Clemson, and a few of the other powers this summer at the opening. And it's an it's a dated NBA reference because the Warriors are no longer very good, Chris. But Brian Brzee, was, was he the one who said they are the Warriors of college football? Yeah, that was Brian Brzee, number one overall player in the uh, 24-7 sports composite for 2020. And um, I, was, I was at the All-American Bowl like you were last week for at least part of the week. And I talked to a number of Clemson recruits, including Miles Murphy and Brian Brzee, number one and three and the 24-7 sports composite, and they talked about Clemson like it was a no-brainer. And that's how recruits think right now, and they're recruiting at that level. Um, they have another quarterback coming in, and DJ Ungalale. I'm sorry. I'm just I got it. Ungalale. Yeah, yeah what, what Trey said is coming in, who's going to be the next successor to Trevor Lawrence. I was, I was very impressed by him at the All-American Bowl and the practice I watched. I'm not as qualified as somebody like Charles Power, I encourage y'all to go read his stuff on 24-7 Sports Today about it. But like, they're not slowing down anytime soon. And kids like think of Clemson in the same way they do Alabama and LSU and Georgia and Ohio State, which is just a testament to what Dabo Sweeney's done. Yeah, they've become the Yankees of college football. It's interesting when you see teams go from, and maybe Yankees is bad because Yankees are never underdogs, but teams go from underdog the lovable underdog to the sort of hated champion. And They're kind of yes. the Red Sox, the team that didn't win for a really long time and then like won a lot in a short period of time and now spend the same way other schools do and also don't really have the same love they might have had from the casual fans about 20 years ago. That's a, that's a great point because, again, a few years ago when Clemson, they lost that first title game to Alabama, but it was... I think the whole country fell in love with Deshaun Watson and they almost knocked off Nick Saban and then they do it the next year. They actually do it in a game winning final two seconds throw. And they were, yeah, the Cinderella of college football. And then, but this happens. This is, this is what happens when you start to win. People resent a winner. I remember thinking two, two years ago on early signing period when Georgia was running away with the number one class and they had snapped Alabama's seven years in a row having the number one class. And I think I thought to myself, be prepared for everybody to hate Georgia now because they were in the midst of that season in which they lost to Alabama in the national title game. They were this program on the up and up. And I don't think people think of Georgia as like this fun, lovable team, but I do think Clemson sort of stole the power, the vacuum, the power, you know, stranglehold that Georgia was about to put on college football other than Alabama in the last few years uh, and the next few years too. So Clemson kind of stole Georgia's spot And Clemson's kind of stole Georgia's hate, I think is a more accurate way to put it. Chris, thanks for uh, joining the podcast. Uh, Can't wait to see what happens Monday night. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts for Chris Hummer, for Connor Tapp, 
For our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. We'll see you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.